25 to 51. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you were seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lynn. We are, um, we are starting a new series. We've just wrapped up a, a conversation that we have been having 
through Esther. And then we had Ben here last week. Uh, and now we are beginning a series on the I Am statements of Jesus. Now, in, it's all in the book of John, and Jesus has seven I Am statements that we're going to be look, looking at. Now, on one Sunday, we're going to look at two uh, together. So it's only six weeks. So for those of you who think, oh, sermon series and how long they are, it's only six weeks. Only six weeks. Now, part of the reason why it's only six weeks is because after that, guess what? We hit Advent season. Uh, and that's where we uh, prepare our hearts and minds for both Christ's coming and, and Christmas, but we also prepare for his second coming. We recognize that we live in the in-between, uh, the, the already has and not yet come. And so um, that's what Advent is about for us. And so I'm looking forward to getting to that place and to that series. And, and, uh, but before we do that, I thought it would be good for us as a gathering of people, uh, as a church, as a body, as those of us who are seeking to understand what God is doing in our lives and in the world, to really spend time identifying who Jesus is. And what better way to do that than to go to something that he has said about himself? To go, okay, what is Jesus saying when he says, I am this particular thing? And so that's where we're going. Uh, and so if you don't mind, I'd like to pray for the series, really, uh, as we begin. Father, um, you know that uh, we're, we're, we're just flesh, and um, we're broken, and we will... Um, have our own fears, our trepidations when we come to this. Uh, these places where you speak uh, so boldly about yourself, where you are uh, saying things that uh, are um, at times discomforting for us in this series. And at other times, they're great comfort to us because they reach down into places that we don't even recognize where our need is or our hope or the places where we have uh, taken our eyes uh, and placed them squarely only on ourselves um, and how that leads us to really bondage. And so, Father, more than anything, I, I pray that as we find out who you are, uh, Jesus, who you are and who you were and who you remain to be always and forever in these I am statements over the next six weeks that uh, in that, we will uh, be challenged, that we will be comforted, that we will be urged to move closer to you, and maybe even just to stop and recognize that you have us. You have us already. Father, it's in your name we pray, God Almighty, amen. So what we're talking about today is that Jesus says... I am the bread of life. Now this comes after, if you look in John, uh, you can look back in John chapter 6, this actually comes after he has just fed a bunch of people with bread. So if you look at John chapter 6, if you have a device, you can look it up really quickly. If you have a Bible, then you're doing what I'm doing and flipping around. In John chapter 6, it says, John, Jesus feeds the 5,000. And so these men and these women have been gathered around. They've been following Jesus, and he feeds them food to nourish them. You maybe, if you've been in church before, you grew up there, or maybe you'd visited once or twice, you maybe have heard this story of Jesus feeding 5,000 folks with just five loaves and two fish. 
that he takes them and he blesses them and he gives it out and gives it out and gives it out and somehow miraculously he feeds all these people. And, and this statement that Jesus makes that I am the bread of life comes in the midst of that. As a matter of fact, Jesus has walked on water just before this, showing his apostles, wow, what is going on? Something is bigger. And then the crowd shows up, it says. On the next day, the crowd comes over to the other side of the sea to see him. And this is where Jesus is going to say, I am the bread of life. What that's going to reveal to us is two things. One, it's going to reveal to us this massive sort of understanding that Jesus has about himself. And then it's going to reveal to us our own hearts in hearing that. So what does it mean when Jesus says, I am the bread of life? He's hearkening back. As a matter of fact, they recognize that he is calling back to Exodus. The Jewish people that are there, they recognize that he is referring to something further back because they're hungry for bread. And he says, you've come to get bread, but that's not the bread I'm going to give you. And they say, well, Moses gave us bread. And he says, no, Moses didn't give you bread. God gave you bread. And they say, well, give us that bread. And so he's calling back to Exodus. Exodus where the people are hungry. They are walking in, uh, in exile, moving after the Passover, after Egypt, walking to the promised land. And they're hungry. And God provides them manna. Or what is this? It's this bread, this substance. And they would gather it up and they would keep it and they would eat it. And they're saying, look, there's a miracle. Show us a miracle. Moses got bread. He made bread out of thin air. And Jesus is reminding them, no, that's not what happened. That that's not what happened. God is the one. And so they say, well, give us that bread then. And then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Now, those folks would recognize that that is what God said to Moses when he called him. And so I'm just going to turn back to Exodus chapter 3. Moses sees a burning bush and he falls down. And the bush, the Lord speaks to him through the bush and says, Moses, Moses. And he says, here am I. And he says, do not come near me, but take off your sandals off your feet. For this place on which you stand is holy ground. And he says to him, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face and was afraid. And then the Lord says this, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters and I know their suffering and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to the good and broad land, the land flowing with milk and honey and to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Prezites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, he says, I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, and you will bring my people out. And Moses says, who am I? Who am I to bring your people to go to Pharaoh and bring your children out? And he says, but I am with you, God says. 
I am with you, and this shall be a sign to you, that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. And then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Egypt and say to them, The God of our fathers has sent me, they will ask me, What is your name? And what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Or I am. And so the first thing we recognize about this is that Jesus is making a claim. He is stating that I am God. So if we recognize what God is doing, he's saying, I've heard the oppression, I've seen what has gone on, and I have come to set them free. Jesus is picking up that narrative and he's bringing it into this place. They've just talked about the Exodus. The people have just talked about Moses. And he says, oh, you want to know what's going on there? I am God Almighty. I'm the one who brings deliverance. I'm the one who is the rescuer. I'm the one who seeks and to save those who were lost. I am. And so every time through this series, and we start today, we hear Jesus say, I am. In our minds, we should recognize, and in our hearts, we should recognize that Jesus is saying, I am And all that that means. That's the reason why for this series, our call to worship will always be out of Colossians. Speaking of Jesus and how he holds everything that God is. Now that's hard for us. It's confronting to us to hear that Jesus is saying he's God. Why? Well, because we oftentimes in our heart want to relegate Jesus to just a good teacher or maybe a prophet among many or just a divine messenger. But Jesus doesn't allow that. Jesus says of himself, I am God. He does that intentionally on purpose. Now, part of the reason why he's doing that, and we're going to see each time he says these I am statements, that the people who are gathered around him keep thinking to themselves in their hearts and minds, we've got to get rid of this guy. He's going to disrupt everything. Jesus is not being antagonistic. He's being the truth. But when the truth is encountered with the falseness around it, it sometimes appears to be antagonistic because it's correcting. And he's correcting. And so they can't deal with it. And in our own hearts, when we hear Jesus say, I am, we go, well, wait a, wait a minute. I, I am as well. I am important. I am right. I am worthy. I am, as I say often, the little emperor me that sits on my heart. And what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, no, no, your understanding is wrong. And he does it gently and says, I am God. I am the one who created the world. I am the one who knows all things. And in particularly here, he's saying, I am the rescuer. Now, the second thing we see here is our own hearts. And where do we see that at? In the hearts of the people. We see it in the hearts of the people because they've come across, they're seeking after him, and Jesus automatically knows what they're coming for. Are they coming to hear another sermon? No, why would, would anybody do that? <laughs> it, it, are they coming um, uh, because they think Jesus is a great leader? Maybe a little bit. But Jesus says, you've come for a free lunch. 
He looks at them and says, you've come for a free... You think that I'm the provider of your next meal. And he says, but stop working for things that will pass away. Because I am the bread of life. I am the thing that is eternal. And so it, it causes us, it should cause us, to look at our own lives and go, why is it that I come to Jesus? What is the thing that I'm seeking after in Jesus? Oftentimes, in our lives, we build a religious system in order to have security. That we know that if we've got things right and in order and we're ticking all the boxes, then we must be okay and we're secure. We operate as if there's some tally system in heaven. That if I get enough on this side and not enough on this side, then I'll be allowed to go to the good place. And so we come to Jesus. Not because he's the bread of life, but because we want a free lunch. We come to Jesus and say, so, if I do a quarter of what you did on earth, then I'll probably be okay, because you understand that I'm flesh, and there's no way that I can do what you do, because I want to acknowledge that you're God, but I also want to acknowledge I want to do the work, so I'll do a third or an eighth of what you did, and then I'll be safe and be good. And so we have to figure out what those things are. <laughs> the funny thing is, Jesus was for the refugee. Jesus was for the downhearted. Jesus was for the orphan. Jesus were for, was for the oppressed. Jesus was for those who were disadvantaged and those who were disenfranchised. Now, Jesus was for all people. And the understanding that we have to have is that we're all those things. But when we look at him living in flesh, he was for those who were outcast and those who were far away. But when we set up our system, oftentimes it's to be with the power brokers and the ones who have it all together and appear to be okay. So if we can get influence or power, then we'll be all right. So Jesus opened the doors for us to have power and influence. We're looking for a free lunch. Or... Some of us come to Jesus, not for that sort of security, but we come to Jesus for prosperity. We come to Jesus and we think, if I follow you, if I do things the way that you want me to do, if I come to you, then I will have the hashtag blessed life. That I'll get all the good things that my own little heart desires and it will give me, and so a sure sign that I'm following Jesus is when I'm blessed. And we're looking for a free lunch. Because that's not what Jesus is saying here. See, Jesus is saying, I'm the bread of life. You're toiling for things that will pass away. You're wanting bread that will go moldy. And I am the bread of life. I am the one who's come to sustain you and build into you. And so we come to him and we say... Um, Father, I, I think you should give me this or you should do this. And when he doesn't, we're upset because we've been looking for a free lunch. That's what happens here. They grumble. <laughs> they grumble because they're not getting what they want. 
They wanted a free lunch, and Jesus just keeps talking to them. And your words are great, Jesus, but we'd like the free lunch now. And he looks at them and he tells them, you've come to seek this thing and you need to know that God is the one who is living among you. And that whoever comes to me will never hunger and they will never thirst. Whoever comes to me will have life forever. Not just life in the afterlife, but life starting now. That there's a sense when Jesus says eternal life, that he says you'll have full fulfillment now, even present, during this time. That when we come to Christ, our life begins. And they grumble. And Jesus tells them, God is working. He says, look, if you look in your worship folders, you'll see. It says, do not grumble among yourselves, in verse 43. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last days. For it is written, and they will be all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. And then he says in verse 47, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life, and I am the bread of life. When we come to this place and we begin to recognize that sometimes our journey towards Jesus starts off rocky. Sometimes our journey towards Jesus starts off in a place that it is for ulterior motives, that it is for the free lunch. What Jesus says here is, in fact, the fact that you are seeking me, the fact that you're wanting the free lunch is maybe a sign showing you that the Father is drawing you to me. Maybe it's a sign that the Father, the God, the I Am, has been in pursuit of you and is grabbing hold of you and bringing you towards me. That you questioning and asking and wondering why, even though it seems so foreign to you, God is bringing you in. Because he knows in him and him alone you will not thirst, you will not hungry, you will have life. But it's not just life. I think this is the thing about Jesus being the bread of life that's so important to us today. He says in this passage that if we have Him, we cannot be moved. Why? Because the Father has done it. It says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not be hunger, or whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. See, when we come to the understanding that we're not getting the free lunch, when we come to the place where Jesus as the bread of life, the great I am, is all of what our life is about, there is no way that we can ever leave that. There is no way that we can ever be cast out from that. That we are secure in Christ. That he brings us in and holds us tightly. He says that now you are in me. I love bread. I don't get to eat it that often anymore. 
The only bread that I really get to eat now is rye bread. Sometimes we'll get bread and we'll set it up and it gets moldy and passes away. Sometimes we'll get bread and because we've not had bread in a long time, it is gone within a minute. Bread is an easy, simple substance. It's not much to make. Why bread? Because it's simple. And the gospel is this simple for us. That when I call you to myself, I will never let you go. So what we hear today is I don't go for the free lunch. I want to know who Jesus is and He is God. And He brings me to life. And in Him I will not thirst. I will have all that I need. Not physically blessed, remember. Not all those things. Don't get confused by that. but that it is forever. That there is nothing we can do that can separate us from the love of God who is in Christ Jesus. That there are places in our hearts that will remain dark for a while, but God's light will shine in and bring us to an understanding and a place of joy and love. This is a place where we recognize that when I take this bread in, that it is life. And now not only, not only is Jesus the bread of life, but I am put into that bread of life. And in doing that, I am safe and secure and have the ability to share him with all those that are around me. I think I need to pray. Father God, you're good. It, it, it's hard, Father, for us. Uh, it's hard for me today. My, my brain is foggy. And so God, I have no idea, really if this is good words. And so if they are good words, I pray that they bring glory to you. And if they're not, let them burn up and go away. Um, Thank you for being the bread of life, for sustaining us.